Yeah, what you are about to hear is a work of fan fiction. All characters and events and settings, even those based on the ones from World of Warcraft, are entirely fictional, and half of it was probably made up on the spot. Listening to this production indicates your consent to its terms of service, which we forgot to write down. Last time, our heroes recruited two of the troll refugees to assist them in their exploration of the Gurubashi capital city of Zulgarub. They found their way to the temple of Bethek, the Loa of Panthers, seeking answers. We rejoin them now as they enter the dungeon and begin their exploration. What dangers will they find here? Will their exposure to the toxic gas catch up with them? Let's find out now as we queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Well, we gotta go up, right? Do we want to check out this door first as we go down the stairs? Quick question, just, I, I need some help ori orienting myself. We're on a balcony overlooking this, right? Yes. Okay. So we have a couple door options here, and you were saying about the pillars. It, it's coming, the, the crystals are coming down from the ceiling. No, the, the pillars rise up from the floor about 20 feet. And you guys are about 20 feet up off the ground right now, so the top of the pillars are at about eye level for you. And then there's another 20 feet that go up to the ceiling, but it's like open. Like the pillars only rise... Mm -hmm. Like it's a 40 foot ceiling with 20 foot pillars. Gotcha. And at the top of the pillars are these crystals. Yeah. Glowing. Yes. Magically. Okay. I'm a little worried about that water down there. And if it has any adverse effects if we touch it. Hey, Omi, do you know anything about the water? Well, the last time I was here, there was no water. I think they are routing it up from the, the lake and then back down again or, or something. But I don't know why. doesn't make any sense to me. We saw some. We saw some uh, different kind of water, running water, uh, not too long ago when we took care of that first priest. I vote we go check out this door first before we decide whether we want to go down into this water. Yeah, that's where I was just thinking too. Okay. You find that this door is also unlocked, and as you step into this room, it's pretty plain. You guys should be able to see that the floor is, like, discolored on the southern side. That is a Photoshop error. It is not indicative of anything that's unusual. There are a couple of more torches that line this room with that same kind of calm blue light. You can see that there is a stairway on the eastern side of the room that leads up uh, toward a platform that ends in an open doorway. And then on the northern side of this room, you see that there's another doorway. This one is a closed set of double doors. Uh, on the southern side of the room... Oh, no, that's the Photoshop thing that I fixed. All right, never mind. Um, the southern side of the room is like this large, open, empty space. I'm going to head up the stairs and peek through the door. Okay. You see a hallway that's about as wide as the room where your friends are right now. Um, directly in front of you you see a closed door, and on the far side of the hallway, you see a closed door. Both of these doors point south. I'll just kind of whisper back over my shoulder. It's like, it's just a hallway with two more two more doors. Looks like maybe side rooms up, up over here. Um, I'll 
walk up to the first one. I'm going to list if it's a closed door. I'd like to listen to hear if there's any movement. Okay. Roll perception with disadvantage. 23 is my disadvantage roll. Okay. You can hear the sound of water slapping against like almost as if not like when the tide comes, like not when like on the ocean, when the waves are coming in and that sort of thing, but like um, more like if there was a lot of water that was in a still space that every once in a while there was some movement in, you can hear that. All right, I'm going to open up the door if it's unlocked. Uh, you test it and you do find that it is unlocked. You see that immediately past the threshold, the floor drops down by like 10 feet and the whole mm. space here is filled with water. You're basically like your toes are at the edge of a 10 foot deep pool of water. That same discoloration is here. Given your 23 perception, I'll even go so far as to say you can see small schools of fish swimming about in the water. And you can see at the very bottom of the water, all the way on the other side of the room, the very, like, almost as if it's coming out from under this wall here that I'm pointing at, the faint glow of a greenish light of some kind. Under the water. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to come over to this door here, and I'd like to do the same. Listen and then open it. While Falcus is wandering around checking these doors, Ari and Butch, what are you guys getting up to? I'm of the mindset of staying together, so we'd probably I would just be following him. That's that that is what I have actively moved my token to do. I might not be the strongest, you know, to get us out of the situation, but I'm the person who should get hit if someone's gonna get hit. When we passed the room that you said had the green glowy thing, so I think that was this one, I would ask Ami if she has any idea what she might think that green glowy thing is. Uh, let's see if she puts anything together. Um, so you asked Ara, Omi if she knew what was going on with the... Green glowy. With the green glowy thing. She would indicate that she knows that the... Uh, the lift mechanism that takes people down to the lowest sections of the temple is operated by a uh, a magical construct that has a green tinge to it. But beyond that, she doesn't know why there's anything like that look like on this side of things. Okay, I'll go back to following Falcus. What is what? But what are we trying to do here? Just in general, we're in this building to explore. I don't know what you're trying to do. You walked in here. Just exploring open doors and uh, hallways that are not full of potential blood liquid that could be put bad for us. Yeah, Omi mentioned this is where the blood stuff possibly was coming from. Yeah, you guys saw that the area around the ziggurat in the center of Zulgarub is like this lake that's been somewhat tainted with this reddish color and that directly above that is the main like sort of uh, pyramid in the middle of Zulgarub. There's this red swirling power that comes off of that. And you saw that as you approached this place, that some of that red power was emanating out from here down to the water. Yeah. What's in the next door, Falcus? Falcus opens the door and sees the same kind of room where it's this like 
deep pool of this liquid, but at the bottom of it, there is a torch that is glowing with a green light that flickers as if it's fine. Like it's it's not it's totally not underwater at all. Like it's totally normal flickery fiery light sitting at the bottom of this pool. Well, I don't like that. How do you got underwater green fire? Is 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 how what I want to know, and I am uncomfortable with that. So I'm guessing my uh, you know priest slayer isn't going to do much here. Uh, again, uh, Ami, you got anything about green fire underwater? The torches that light this place are lit by a continual flame enchantment, which is not snuffed out by things like water or cold or things of that nature. So, I mean, any of the torches that we've passed so far are lit in the same way. Um, this one is the same color green as what we saw in the center room, though. That's unusual. I wonder if the same thing's on the other side there, and if we do something to the green power crystals in the middle of the room, we'll do something to the side rooms here. You're putting a freaking Zelda puzzle in front of us here. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> okay, so we have in room A was a green crystal, and you said that that was down in this kind of corner area, right? It's the same kind of light, but it, it looks more distant. Roll a um, roll an investigation check for me. Okay. 16. Okay. It's the green light that you can see from this space is the same light. Um, this It's the same. It's coming from the same source. It occurs to you that the wall that separates these two only goes down underwater about <clears throat> excuse me about halfway okay so I will come back and relay that the green light we saw from that room is this light here and so green is in the s- southwest area okay um, I guess we'll just go back to the room over here and check those double doors out oh man I ain't here to solve no puzzles guys I you know, I know, I know plants and I know animals. I don't. Uh, I ain't been studying none of that magic stuff. I have no idea, no clue whatsoever. Give me something to hit, and I can hit it. But I don't. I don't know how much of a what I can do for y'all right now. Just stay with us in case we get attacked. Uh, we got this, Butch. You know, the, I might. I might not be a, a smart panda. But I, I I know what safety is, so I'll uh, follow you around. I have no idea what's going on. Listen and then check door. Okay, so Falkus and Ari and Omi and Job, <laughs> got that name, have made their way down. Okay, so uh, and and Butch is going with them. Fantastic. You're listening at the door. You can hear. Uh, actually, roll a perception again for me one more time. On a fire. Uh, 18 for the disadvantage roll. You can still hear water moving in this room, but it's it, the sound is lower. It's It doesn't seem as intense here. Okay. If that's all I hear is water, I will mm-hmm. crack open the door and let's see what's in here. You open into a room where there's like, as you open the door, there's a little platform 
that you can stand on, and then about five feet away across the water, which is relatively shallow. It's only about a foot or two deep. Um, you can see a platform. There's a total of four platforms in this room arranged in like a little square pattern. And each one of them, like the ones, there's there's like a five foot gap and then there's one. And then it's about a 10 by 10 square. And then there's a five foot gap and there's another one on the right hand side. And on the left hand side, same thing, about a five foot gap and then one and then a five foot gap and then one. The platforms on the left side and the right side are separated by about 10 feet. The platforms are maybe six inches above the water level. Doesn't seem like anything interesting here. However, what's going to happen at this point is the only other place is to hit the water on the main room. All right. What if I shoot an arrow at one of those uh, crystals? What do you guys think? What if we step on one of these platforms? I mean, five feet's not that far of a jump, Falcus. You should be able to maybe make it. I thought about that, too. We could tie a rope around you. Yeah. Or just jump. Just jump it. I was on board with that thought, too, Azari. Um, I would like to jump to over to this platform here. The first right one. Okay. You leap across. Nothing bad happens on your leap. Like, that that works out fine. You land, and then nothing seems to happen for a moment. And then... (laughs) The platform you're standing on descends until it's at water level. All right. The water, the water spills onto the platform a bit, but whatever. It's wet now. Did... Uh, go ahead. I want to... So I hear that. I want to come back out here and look. Did I? Did the crystals do anything? Uh, roll a perception check. A 10. You take a glance around. It doesn't appear that the coloring or the you know, the magiciness of anything has changed. You look around the room and don't see anything abnormal or different or changed. Okay. I'm going to leap to the other one here. And I'm going to assume that this one's going to return back to its state and this one's going to depress. Uh, Yes, that is what happens. The first platform raises back up to about six inches above water level. The platform that you land on, like... It's, it's audible and it sort of shakes on its way down uh, and it is now at water level. Alright, grab a platform guys. Let's get all four of these down at the same time. Boom. Omi, how about you stay here and Job come with us? Okay. So I will jump here and then here and I'll have Job here. Okay. So as you guys do that, you all four get on platforms by yourselves uh you all have yours depressed down they're all now at water level omi's gonna go look back into this main area here okay she goes she looks around out there she comes back to you guys and reports that she doesn't see anything has changed really um can i have Omi, can you go check the southwest? I want her to check the area where we were. Just peek in the rooms real quick to see if there's anything. Okay. Um, She starts to go up the stairs and then immediately turns around and comes back down and says, Oh, a a wall opened. Uh, Awesome. If Job hops off, does it start to go up or does it stay down? No, it stays down. Okay, sweet. So yeah, perfect. 
Woohoo! Puzzles. All right, where's the wall? You guys walk down south, like along the wall toward where the the pool rooms were and see that the space between the two torches that were hanging on the doorway there mm-hmm. has actually opened and receded. And as you walk in, you see a couple of things. You see that it's like a really small room. It's dimly lit by the glowing of a green torch, somewhat similar to the ones that have been hanging along the other areas of the of the rooms that you've looked into so far. You also see a small and relatively innocuous looking chest at the other end of the room. Falcus, go open the chest. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Falcus, it's fine. Why don't we no, have anyone with detect magic? <laughs> we don't. Uh, Shoot an arrow at the chest. Uh, I don't think it's going to do anything. All right, I'm going to eye the chest carefully before I attempt to open Hold it. Hold on. Wait. Job, do you want to touch a chest? They're really fun. Like, seriously, nothing bad has happened Stop yet. Stop it. Listen, we, we've... Uh, he looks at you like you can tell... like. He knows what you're doing, and he's not appreciative of it. <laughs> he's here to help. Joe is smart. Focus, touch the chest. I will touch the chest. Nothing happens. It's a small, innocuous chest. <laughs> I will open the small, innocuous chest. Boom! Hey, it was already behind the puzzles, so at this point in time, usually it's the safe I mean, yeah, d- it's, yeah... Your princess is in another castle. I mean, this is the reward for the puzzle. So inside, it looks like things have been picked through on this already. Um, However, go ahead and roll an investigation check for me real quick. 16. Okay. Uh, On a 16, you open the chest and it's empty. And you're like, oh, well, whatever, man. This is... Nah, this can't be right. And you start feeling around and there's like a a little hidden compartment like under the bottom of the chest that you lift. Somebody hid two diamonds in here. Wow. Ooh. You value each of them at probably probably 50 gold each. Cool. I'll I'll pull them up and do like that thing where they're like between the fingers of like, check these out, dudes. Cool. I mean, if I were you, I would just put two diamonds in your inventory and see if it's we know what it's worth, but see if it can be used for something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I have another... Um, I did previously put... Uh, I think it's under my miscellaneous items. I have miscellaneous gems. I have a random assortment of gems worth an amount of gold. And I have it set at 44 gold pieces. Because mm. of exactly that. Because there are times in which you might need some gems. So Yes, I will do the same. So the green light that's in here is different from the bluish ones that are on the wall, but is similar to the green one we saw in room B. In the... What is room B? I call this one A, and I call this one B, because that made sense in my head. Uh, yeah. So I want to grab the torch. Okay. Anything happen? Does it feel tingly? It's a normal torch. Um, It's got like a metallic handle to it. The flame flickers as if a real flame but there's no real heat coming off of it so other than that like it's it's clearly like a magical torch but it, it issues a dimish light weirdly green color but other than that yeah it's a torch with a cool blue flame a cool green flame on it just to verify you said um, they were worth 
50 gold pieces a piece? Each, yeah. Okay, because diamond coming from the player's handbook is 5,000. Well, yeah, if you've got like a chunk okay. of diamond that you could bash over somebody's head with it, sure, I'm talking about something smaller. And also, like, there are spells that require a diamond worth a certain amount of money. Like, if you guys need stuff or whatever, it's fine. Got it. I'm going to hang on to this torch. Okay. What do you guys want to do now? We got to go forward and move back. So uh, we've we've searched kind of this area. What about these rooms down here with the, with the green light that I don't understand that's underwater? I mean, I could try. I thought about briefly throwing my green light in the room that doesn't have a green light and see if anything happens. Don't know if you guys think that's wise. You could tie a rope around it. All right, I'm going to tie a rope around this light. Do it. And my goal is I'm trying to throw it right where the other one is in the opposite room. Okay. So tie my rope around it and I'm chucking it there. Perfect. Diving headfirst into the idea of symmetry makes the magic happen. You chuck this this new torch down into this area. Let's go ahead and get a um, athletics check just to see how well you do on this. Six. Yeah, you throw it and you do this thing where like you step with the same foot that you throw with so you look like a dork and it throws about halfway down and lands and starts to sink and as it starts to sink you actually see a number of the fish that Falkus like sort of glanced at earlier rapidly like swim toward this object and then I guess, you know, we realize that, oh, okay, this isn't something that's actually helpful or useful to us, and then they swim away. But, like, they really converged on it for a hot second there. Did they look, like, aggressive, like piranha-y? Uh, yeah. Okay. So this water's bad. I'm going to pull the light up then. Okay. Easy enough to do. Are there any, like, other animals in this area? Like, is there a mouse in the corner or, like, a spider Sure. Is there a mouse? Yeah. I want to catch the mouse. Okay. Have I caught the mouse? Uh, let's go ahead and I don't know what's a, what is a mouse catching check? Acro animal handling, acrobatic. Yeah, let's call it animal handling. Okay. Fudge! I rolled a four. You dive straight toward it, but you're so embarrassed about the awkwardness of your bad throw that you make it into like an over exaggerated, like I'm gonna get it, and then it it. Pew, like, it takes off. What about a beetle? They feel smaller and easier to catch. Is there a beetle crawling on the wall or in the corner? Uh, we're getting into some pretty small deal territory. Roll a perception check. Sweet. <laughs> 14. All right, because your dice are starting to get a little better, I will tell you that, yeah, there's, like, the occasional bug or something that you can find on the wall. I want to find the biggest bug I can and catch it. Okay. And I want to throw it in the water and see what happens. Okay. You do this and there is a rapid foaming where several of these little fish are like suddenly diving at this creature. And you can see now that there are, you're sure that there are a small number of swarms of these angry, hungry fish in this water. Perfect. They were small and they were relatively innocuous, but, or not innocuous, but like, sort of tough to spot in the overall larger size and discoloration of the water, but you know they're there. Sweet. So, I will relay 
that uh, the water might be very bad here. The deeper water, for sure. I think downstairs was it wasn't that deep in the. Um... Yeah, here we're talking about ten feet. In the main room, we were talking about two inches. Oh, I had two feet on my head for some reason. So yeah, so I don't think we should mess with these rooms. I think whatever secret is hiding. I'm sure the temptation was there for us to go in. Was put there for one of us to go in and then find out how bad that decision would have been. So I'm glad to have found it out this way. But yeah, I vote we go back to the main area and do we just go down the stairs and take our chance in the murky water? Well, I'm already screwed up as it is. Let's go for it. Alright, focus. I'm gonna hang back with, with my little crew here. Do we notice anything with Falcus? Does he turn crazy as he steps in? He doesn't turn more crazy. Okay. Things seem normal, Falcus. You walk out into the water, you're like ankle deep. It's not wonderful. You don't like walking around with your toesies wet, but you're doing okay. I will follow Falcus. Are we going? I don't know. I was just kind of walking around the room, but uh, I'm thinking the open door over here. Okay, we'll start with the open door. Was there closer anything on the... Oh, go, go ahead. As a closer inspection of these, I want to take a look. Is there anything I notice with the pillars? Do they look... Anything etched on them? Secrets? Yeah, let's take a look. Go ahead and roll an investigation for me. A 16. Okay, on a 16, you can tell that each pillar appears to have a slot on the side that faces in toward the platform okay. where something could be inserted. And it's at the same height off the ground where the glow on the pillar that starts at the crystal and radiates downward suddenly stops. What does the slot look like? Like, is it like something where a disc can be put in or the torch that I'm holding? Is it like something where the torch I'm holding can be put in? Given your height and the height of the slot off the ground, it's hard to know for sure, but you can tell that it is a round hole, maybe an inch, an inch and a half thick, that as you like jump up and try to grab it and try to touch on it, and then like you guess sort of get a feel for it, it seems to be a long, how do you describe it? Uh, it's like a long hole that burrows down at an angle almost. Uh, Job, can I have you hoist me on your shoulders for a second? Yeah, he can do that. No problem. Okay. Can I fit the end of the torch in this hole? Yeah. So you you insert it in there like that and you hear, first of all, there's like a and then the power from the top of the pillar that was going halfway down goes and goes all the way down to the, the floor. And then the platform in the middle goes doesn't move, but like it it like tries to. Okay. Oh, I was going to, because Omi was telling us before that there's the elevator that's powered by the, the torches. That's. Yeah, yeah. So we got to go to the piranha let's water. Let's see if we can find other torches. Maybe there's more than four, but we're going to keep this torch here. And then if we start at three o'clock, we can go around and then come back if we need to. Okay. Say that again. Where are you starting? 
the door at three o'clock, the what east door. So we'll explore here. Or I guess that's four o'clock. And then we'll come up here and then we'll go here and maybe see if we find more torches before we succumb to the piranhas and how we figure those out. Okay. All right, Falcus, um, lead the way. Yeah, of course. So y'all are looking for torches. Yes, indeed. Yeah, you yep. have one in place, you have an eye on another, and rather than swim through the piranha-infested water, you've elected to not do that. Smart. Okay. Um, this is an open doorway, so... Yes, this door's open. There, and it's an upstairs. It is an up stairway. I reckon we're going to have to deal with them fish, but uh, let's make that later rather than sooner. The nice part is, is that the torch is on one side and there's a the wall is open up underneath between the two rooms. So if we can get the fish distracted to one side, one of us, probably me, can dive in and get the torch on the other side. Oh, I'm good at being a distraction. Perfect. All right. Heading up the stairs, I'm peeking around the corner. You. Oh, hi. All right. On the ground before you, you see a troll lying in a pool of blood. Oh, I recognize this. It seems like we see this a lot. <laughs> she is wearing a headdress that looks like the kind of helms that are made from like the top part of an animal head. It's like panther-like. Mm. And she's just chilling. Omi, do you recognize this person? Uh, not specifically, no, but I don't understand what she's doing here like this. She doesn't. She didn't do this to herself. Okay, seems we need to. Uh, if we weren't being careful before, we sure do need to do that now. Uh, how can I tell? How how long she been here like this? Roll medicine for me, real quick. At this advantage, because of your exhaustion. Fifteen. Yeah, no. On a fifteen, you can tell that she's recently slain, like real recently. Oh, wow. Okay. You also see that there's like big parts of her, like of like chunks are missing out of one of her legs. That doesn't surprise me. Trolls, trolls are weird. Um, also, that could be an animal bite. Can I tell if it's an animal bite? I mean, I, I know animal stuff. Is it a bite or is it a cut? Uh, on a 15, you can tell that this troll probably died to weapon wounds. Okay. But the leg bit does look like bite wounds. <laughs> looks look looks looks like we're dealing with a uh, double trouble here guys. So uh we, we best be pretty quiet moving forward. Well, we may have solved our piranha problem, but we'll come back to that later. Ooh. Oh. All right. That is I dark. Like the <laughs> that way is you dark. think. <laughs> However, let's uh <laughs> I mean, the leg's already most of the way cut off. That is dark. I, and I'm going to turn to Ami. I don't know <laughs> much about troll afterlife and religion, so I don't want to do anything to hinder this person's ability to do that. But there's enough blood here and cloth that we can figure something out with the piranhas. Can we talk about that later? Yeah, let's go. But we got a plan. Okay. Maybe we, we kill an animal and can f and do that instead <laughs> instead of a sentient being. 
And yeah. Is this doorway open? Yeah, so the room is, you enter in through like a stairway that comes up, and then there's the troll in the middle, and in the northern wall, there is a doorway that is open. And as you peek into there, you look around and you see that it's like a square-shaped room. There's still some more like panther statues and such. And there's a bunch of large blocks in the middle of the room. From where you are, like across the room, you see a closed door on the far northern wall. Uh, outside of that, you don't see any activity in this room. It's just a room with some blocks in the middle of it. I will go forward and inspect the blocks. Do they move? Is there anything on them? Like symbols, square, triangle? Roll investigation. Uh, 10. You don't see anything of that nature. If the scrapes on the floor are anything to go by, it looks like these blocks were shoved into position from other places in the room. Can I tell where those other places are? Um, yeah, so not terribly far from each of the statues, but like not in any way that makes a pattern. Like on this side of the room, there was one like next to the statue immediately. And on this side of the room, there was one like directly in front. And then like there was two like over here somewhere. If I go inspect like over here, do I notice like, is it floor pushed down? Like if it's weight on it, it'll stay down or anything like that? Or is it just like normal? As you walk around, you're sort of testing the floor. You don't find anything like a pressure plate or anything of that nature. And is the door locked? Um, you can test the door and find that it is unlocked. Okay. Somebody maybe solved this one already? And in fact, you can see that there's like a, on a 10, I would say that it's fine to say that there is a relatively large mechanism on the door that would be locked if it were locked, but it's, it's open. The doorway itself is not open, but the locking mechanism is. Yeah, I think maybe someone else solved it. Do I hear anything on the other side of the door? Uh, roll perception. An 18. Uh, you can hear the relatively quiet sound of hushed activity on the other side of the doorway on the north side of the room. You can hear a combination of like a ravenous sort of chewing noise and the muted sound of quiet conversation, but you can't actually make out specifically what's being said. So I will back away from the door at that point and then just relay to everyone that there is definitely something on the other side of the door. And if I had to bet, I would guess it's what took care of and took a chunk out of our friend in the other room. Not to mention that the chest in that hidden room was already pilfered through. I only found those two diamonds because there was a, um, a secret compartment at the bottom. And also the fact that we needed four of us to depress those platforms, there's at least four on the other side of that door. Mm. And in, well, there's and I bet you there's some kind of animal in there too with sharp teeth. Does the door pull towards me or push away from me? When I was up there, could I tell that? Um, yeah, you would be able to tell based on the hinges. Generally speaking, if you can see the hinges, that means that the door opens inward toward you. You don't see them. So you would think that it's going to open into the room. I've got these goblin fireworks. What if we crack the door open and light these off and throw them in there for a distraction? And then we come in blazing right <laughs> after the fireworks. <laughs> you, like, you like that one, Butch? I mean, 
<laughs> you want to make them pee their pants. Yeah. You, know, you want to make them pee their pants before we go in and kill them. Now, I, Might give us some advantage. I, I mean, that's 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 some st- <laughs> points for style, I, I suppose. Um, if we... <laughs> Have maybe Job and Butch up front since you guys are kind of our muscle. Guy on the other side's like, ooh, fireworks! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you throw fireworks into an enclosed room, I, ma- <laughs> I imagine you you would be, you know, uh, d- distracted. But, uh, wow. Okay, I like it, but let's take a step back <laughs> and ask ourselves... <laughs> Is this necessary? <laughs> Could Who's we? asking if it was necessary? <laughs> it's just you're just adding a little flavor to the fight. Like these Come are <laughs> we we're assuming they're bad guys. I, I think that's a safe bet. Mm. Got another one. Oh, All right, okay. I got. <laughs> Yeah. I got a bag of ball bearings. We, we put a pile of ball bearings right here at the doorway. We throw the doorway open and say, hey, guys, you, you smell like butt and then run. Or we could find a bunch of feral kittens and throw them in there. I mean, the it, it, uh, if we're going to do the ball bearings, we might as well do the fireworks. This is okay. we can do both. Okay, okay, okay. Let's 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 take a step back and wonder if we need this distraction in order to murder, death, kill. It mm, uh, does anyone have like a like a like a like a spell that can make their voice travel? I know you got that conch or something. Or oh, I got the horn of silent alarm. Yeah, I could do that. You know, and uh, I mean that that could be a thing, but that might just alarm them. What 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 is the purpose? Ami says I could do that with my voice. I don't understand why. <laughs> Me too. I just want to give us the upper hand and the element of surprise. That's all. Okay, so we're trying to do some kind of surprise attack. We're trying to hit them up surprise style. And yes. get like that. Then again, oh. Then again, we're trying to figure out, well, if these guys are here, they're not friends of trolls, but are they friends of us? No. No? Because for all we know, these could be allies to help us with Arna, who just want a cut of whatever they're in here looting. Well, says the dead troll in the corner. We would have killed that troll, too. Not necessarily. I think... Ami, that troll back there, would would that have been a friend of yours? Would she have been taken to you nicely? I did not know her specifically. Um, it depends. It's difficult to tell. If she was on board with what the with Jindo and Hekar and everything, then probably not. But if she was a temple priestess trying to protect the temple, I do not, I do not know. Okay. Whoever took her out, would you feel is this an enemy of our enemy is our friend situation or I mean you're what asking the same vibe? question twice. It is possible. It it is possible that the people on the other side of that room with it, whatever animal they probably got are friendlies. What if 
Okay, so you said Om- Omni would have talked to us about her spells and stuff, so we would know this, right? Yeah, whatever's on her spell okay. list, you, you have a solid hand on. What if... So these panther statues, are they big enough to kind of hide us? Yeah, I would say so. So what if we hide behind the panther statues? Omni, you can open the door at the same time you can cause the ground to tremble and then Falcus, you could put your ball bearings in front of the door thinking maybe they'll rush out and we'll at least have them distracted whether friend or foe we can figure out so it's the door opens she casts thaumaturgy to do like a minor harmless earthquake that brings them into the room and then the ball bearings am i understanding that is my thought because you're right we don't know if they are friend or foe and then with us being hidden we can at least maybe figure something out from there that's all that's as far as i got you guys can take that and see as how how much further you want to go that works for me that's all i wanted was the upper hand so, Falcus, Butch, and Job, you guys should be kind of up front. All right. Ami, I'll have you kind of... Are, are these blocks tall enough that she can duck down behind it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Falcus, do you want to be back behind here so you have some space? Uh, back where, you said? Oh, yes. I was just putting my character okay. over here to put ball bearings down. Yeah, you can spill them uh, in this hole. I would say that what? How how much space do they usually cover? Good question. So a bag of a thousand. Can I buy ten thousand marbles, please? Yeah. Right. <laughs> As an action, you can spill these tiny metal balls from their pouch to cover a level square area that is ten feet on a side square area. So the full doorway. Yeah. Creature moving across the covered area must succeed on a DC ten dexterity saving throw or fall prone. And a creature moving through the area at half speed doesn't need to make the save if they obviously know that it's there. So it is that first, yep, that exact square box. And my ball bearings are gone. Okay. All right. So Ami casts, casts her thaumaturgy mm-hmm. and door whoosh, open and then the room in there starts to shake. Okay. So she's using thaumaturgy to open the door and also to cause the shaking. That's yeah, which is perfectly it, legit. I just yeah, want to make okay. sure that's the plan. <laughs> yes, that is the plan. Yes. Okay. So everybody's in position. Everybody's weapons out. Everybody's ready to go. You see her do this thing with her hand in the air, and she sort of pushes with one hand, and you see, um, boom, the doors explode open. And then as soon as that's finished, Right at the doorway area, centered there, there's this rumbling noise, this sound of of the stone shaking and moving. Um, You look into the room. I'm wondering how much any of you can see, depending on the lighting. As soon as the door explodes open, you hear the sound of people getting up and, and, like, rushing toward the doorway. Let's go ahead and do an initiative roll real quick. Butch rolled an eight. Is this also... Oh yeah, initiative rolls are ability checks. Yeah, it would be disadvantage. Falcus's first one sticks. Um, eight. Okay, change yours to an eight. Oh, you change it? All right, perfect. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Ari, from where you are, you are distantly able to see the form of some sort of humanoid-shaped, probably definitely undead creature with, like, meat hanging from its teeth where it was, like, gnawing on something, look up toward you and start to make its way in your direction. It's not its turn. It's flavoring that that's what's happening. Um, But that's the only thing that you can see on the other side of this room. As the doorway opened, you can see that there's, like, a... The floor itself is the same sort of stone, but there's, like, a black carpeting almost with like golden edges on it uh, and there's this one creature that you can distantly see it is your turn so if you'd like to ready an action or if you'd like to cast a spell or whatever else you'd like to do that is going to be fine I will move so I this is the one up here I'm assuming I can see the yeah. kind of okay so I'm going to move up towards here so I'm kind of like at the corner right here is my idea and then I want to go ahead. I don't know if it's bad. That's the thing. Is it? You said it's nine. Yeah, it like it's a pale skinned, humanoid shaped creature, but it's got like this, this glowing red eye color, and it's clearly like like chewing on some sort of meat. And as soon as the door explodes open, like it snaps to attention and it, it looks in your direction. Troll leg meat. <laughs> I will go ahead because it is 60 feet now. I will cast my improved vicious mockery. So it needs to make a wisdom saving throw of 16. Wisdom saving throw. Nope, 13. 13. Okay, so I will do. I will turn to it and I'll kind of mutter. I think this encounter's a blessing because it's time to teach you a lesson and do seven psychic damage. Okay, as soon as the door opens and you see this undead creature out there, you hit it with this psychic ass- assault on its mind, and it goes... Aah! Was it seven damage, you said? Yes. Okay. Uh, it takes seven damage. It clutches its head like this. <laughs> do anything else on your turn? Nope, that's it. Okay. What do you guys want Omi to do on her turn? So that that undead thing is bad. Okay, but do we... Maybe. (laughs) We still need to find out if uh, they could be friendly. So I would say I would want Omi to, um, I don't know, use a booming voice, say, be you friend or be you foe. Sounds good. Okay. You turn to her and you say, all right, use the loud voice thing. And she goes, I'm doing the loud voice thing. Okay. Um, who, who goes? Are you friend or foe? And it echoes loud, loudly through the stone walls of these rooms, bouncing along the walls. It is. They, they don't respond. The question was probably should probably should have been, do you align with Okay, so they don't respond. Yeah, no response. Okay. Do you want her to move? Do you want her to use a bonus action of any kind? Bonus no. actions might would be talking. Now that she said that, she can say she can say in a normal yelling voice. <laughs> Do you align with Haka, or or are you a natural troll? 
Okay. Uh, you have her shout this out. Um, she's Her thaumaturgy starts to, uh, the spell that makes her voice loud starts to quiet down. And as she's like, she starts to cup her mouth, like asking more questions. That makes sense. You don't get a response, but you do start to hear like the snarling of more than one voice. The voices that are snarling sound similar to the one that was screaming a moment ago. Falcus, what do you want to do? Oh, wonderful. From your position, you are actually able to see a little bit of, because you're on a different angle. So Ari was sort of in the middle of the room uh, and maybe a little to the left looking through the doorway. And that made it kind of a narrow point of view from her. Uh, From where you are, you can see sort of around the blocks that had been pushed into the center, especially with your dark vision and the fact that the target that you're that you can see is carrying a green flickering light source. You see a humanoid figure wearing black chainmail armor and a black hood, uh, and he's standing next to uh, like a, a. ghoulish undead creature with again meat and like blood on his fingers and that sort of thing the black hooded figure as soon as the door slammed open and you could see in you see that he does draw a long sword and he's looking in in the direction of the room all right um i am going to position myself something i think like about there uh let's go one more over there we go. So I've got a clear line of sight through the doorway. Mm-hmm. I'm going to notch an arrow at the target and target being this guy here. And I am going to say think smart about your answers. We have you in our sights. And I'm going to have an arrow knocked and I'm going to hold an action of... Um, I'd like to shoot him with an arrow if he moves. We have you partially surrounded. I was about to say surrounded. I was like, wait, we're not exactly surrounded, but still. <laughs> uh, yeah, you knock an arrow. You shout a warning. Do you do anything else on your turn? No. Okay. We're about to find out. On their turn, you guys, de- depending on your angle, you may see it at different times during the turn, but you each would eventually see it. We have a movement speed. Okay, cool. You see, I'm going to use, for this one, it's going to be its movement and its action. And it's going to run as far into the room as it can, lopping on all fours like some sort of um, large beast. Well, I say large, like some sort of of animalistic creature. Um, This one's going to do the same. And this one's going to do... Oh, they're all... Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving all these monsters on their same... All of these monsters on their same initiative. Uh, okay. The, the okay. Th- three creatures of undead humanoid, like, galloping on all fours like Smeagol in Lord of the Rings come charging through the doorway. It's a deck save to get through or fall prone. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and start with that. We'll do three of them. This will be the, for the first one next to Butch. Okay, this will be for, for the, the ball second bearings. one next to Job. And this will be for the third one who's still on the ball bearings. Okay, so of the three of them that run in through the room, 
the last one to run through um, slips and falls on the ball bearings. So this one here that I'm pinging is prone. The I apologize two, for making fun of the ball bearings idea. Well, they, the, the only other time I used them didn't go off quite so well. But anyway. Right. Um, the other two that were able to run through, they sort of leapt over the space, and it wasn't a big deal for them to get into position. The third one did not do that, slipped and fell like a cartoon character on marbles. Um, Butch, uh, you can see as you're going to be the next one in initiative, and you're the closest one to combat, that these are these creatures have been undead for a long time. Like, this is, this is bad news. That is going to be their entire turn, though, because they had to use movement and action to get into position. So, on Job's turn, what would you like for him to do? Hackathon! <clears throat> hackathon! Hackathon! Job can reckless attack. Should he reckless? Yes. Well, mm, yes. Okay. Who's got his stat block up? I have I it up. So he's got, I guess, a hand axe for his melee weapon. I want to say that it can be a hand axe. Um, it could also be a spear. I guess, yeah, he can use it. He can use this. The only difference between the two are piercing versus slashing damage. So I think he'd have his spear. Yeah, spear makes more sense. You, you, you take care of it. Yeah. 19. Yeah, 19 must hit. Yeah, so definitely. How do you hits. do the damage for it then? On the. In the chat window where it says spear, click on that. Yes. Nine piercing damage. Nice. Uh, there was nine on the one that was already damaged by your vicious mockery. So this is looking bad for that one. The other two are fine. One of them's prone, but this one is messed up. I don't think that your NPC gets multi-attack. Is that correct? I do not see it listed on here. Yeah, neither do I. Oh, you know what? That's supposed to be a reckless attack, right? Oh, yeah, but it was rolled with advantage. All right, perfect. No problem. So, at the oh, do you want him to move at all? I don't think he would. I feel like he's the type that if he has a target in his sight, he would just stick with it. Does anyone disagree? I think that's a good idea. Perfect. Okay, perfect. On their turn, the enemy combatants are going to move forward a bit. They do move a little bit more slowly. And you get the sense that they're moving a little bit more cautiously as well. They start to see in through the doorway. And they are each going to go through the same... They, they each have a long sword in their hand. Anyone who can see into the room can see these three humanoid creatures uh, approaching. Uh, all of them dressed in the same black robes. One of them carrying a green flickering torch. And they're all holding a long sword in one hand. The one holding the torch drops it, and all three of them do the same hand motion with their hand, and you see summoning alongside of them, each one creates a spectral floating runic sword, similar to the one that they're holding in their hands. Ooh, I don't like that. Um, this one right here moved, and that would trigger my held action. Uh, yes, it would. Go ahead and fire at him. And that's going to be with disadvantage, right? No. No? Okay. No, you have disadvantage for exhaustion on ability checks, but not saving throws and attack rolls. 
and you have half movement speed. Okay, cool. And because you're not cursed by that weapon anymore, you don't have to worry about that. Does a 27 hit? Yes, definitely. Okay, so that's a held action. I can, I I know I, I looked it up that I can't take the extra action on held actions. But right, I you're attacking with your reaction right now. I can use arcane shot. Why not? Go for it. Okay. So first of all, let's let's resolve the initial arrow. The initial arrow was ten piercing damage. Mm-hmm. I don't think I get the sneak attack, do I? No, definitely okay. not. Um, then we're going to do an arcane shot, and we're adding a grasping arrow. So this guy is getting a hit by a grasping arrow. Um, so he takes an extra two d six. Poison damage. Uh, did it only roll once or did it roll? T- mm-hmm. It only rolled once. Let me click it again. Uh, 10 poison damage. And its speed is reduced by 10 feet. It takes 2d6 slashing damage the first time on each turn. It moves one foot or more. So whose action goes first? I think because I held my action for the moment he was going to move. You are fighting a moderately intelligent foe. So what I will say is that as soon as the effect is in place and he is entangled, he would stop walking. So you have you have him standing still. Okay, so he starts walking. The other two of them are walking toward you as well. They summon these dancing rune weapons and bang, right in his shoulder, he gets hit and then suddenly covered in these thorny vines. He stops walking, and what is the distance that these things can move? Creates a floating, runic longsword within 30... Oh, within within 60 feet? Really? Damn, I'm, I'm mean. All right, cool. Um, So he can... These guys can summon these blades, but they don't have to be summoned directly next to them. Oh, but I bet you you can't attack something you can't see. Okay. All right. So he walks forward. As soon as you fire off the shot toward him, he flicks like this with his finger, and the dancing rune weapon is summoned uh, next to you. I'm going to link the ability here real quick. The Death Knight, which is what you guys are fighting. Not like if you guys are D&D heads out there going, you're going to put him up against Death Knights? Relax. I know what I'm. Do- I know that we're not level twenty. Huh. The, the Death Knight creates a floating runic longsword within sixty feet. When they cast the spell, they can make a melee attack against the creature within five feet of the weapon. On a hit, the target takes damage. As a bonus action on their turn, the Death Knight can move the weapon up to twenty feet and repeat the attack action. So, the first one swings in against Falcus because that's the one it can see. Uh, Fourteen. I think that's going to miss you, right, buddy? Yes. All right. Good deal, dude. You know, buddy, dude, the thing that you call people. Okay. The second one is able to see. He's kind of a little bit almost able to see Butch, but really the one that he can see the most is going to be Ari. So he's going to summon his runic weapon next to Ari and attack with a 15, but I think that's still going to miss, right? My armor class is 15, so do I beat it, or does it beat me? Your armor class is only 15? I thought it was 16. You super sure? I don't know how armor class works. I don't know how to answer that. Falcus is, is 16. 
Just make sure all your armor is attached. So, yeah, I only have the studded leather. leather. <laughs> yeah, studded leather armor is 12 plus 3 for your dex. Yeah, I guess it is 15. If that's true, how come Falkus is at a 16? Because I thought he would wear... An, oh, because his dex is so much higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Nope, math makes sense. Fine. You are you are hit by a suddenly appearing uh, dancing magical weapon that suddenly appears next to you. You take six force damage. Okay. The third one, I don't think the third one can actually see anybody in their line of sight. No. All right, he can see Ari and Omi. So I'm going to roll 1d2. Ari is one, Omi is two. He attacks Omi. He summons his sword and it flies in. It's got to be a total distance of 60 feet, which is right here, and attacks against Omi. Dealing damage? She has a 13, so yes, it would deal. Okay. Dealing eight force damage. Okay, I rolled a 15. I deal eight damage. Okay, cool. So... On their turn, they start to walk forward. This one here is all covered in spinal stuff. I gotta make sure I mark that. You see them all summon weapons and go flying in and they attack in, but they are waiting to approach because they are relatively intelligent. They can recognize an ambush when they see one. Butch, before you are two ghoulish undead creatures with slobbering blood mouths and fangs and claws and such uh, behind you you can hear that Ari and Omi are being attacked by like spectral magical things one of the ghouls near you is on the ground what would you like to do well there's one that's like straight in front of me I don't have to move at all so I'm going to murder death kill recklessly I'm going to reckless attack the person who is right in front of the person the ghoul the undead creature it is right in front of me. I will recklessly attack. Oof. A good thing I did that. Because I got a nine. Both times I got a nine. Does a nine hit? No, unfortunately not. You swing in against this ghoul, and it's a good strike. Like, it, it looks good. And it, like, squashes down like a little like a rat trying to squeeze under a door frame, and then pops back up again and shines its teeth at you. You do have another attack. I do have another attack, and I'm going to just do the same thing. And I'm still reckless. Reckless. Oh, will a natural 20 do any good for me? Generally speaking, natural 20s slice uh, their opponents in twain. Well, what uh, what kind of damage is that? Uh, let me do this. Let me roll. Okay, so it's a 7 plus 1 is eight. Oh wow you rolled a one on your crit die that's unfortunate it's lower than average uh, i do eight damage you i strike in for eight damage natural 20 doing eight damage as a level six yeah. barbarian kind of poopy what would you like to do on your bonus action or movement oh oh but and by the way I did pop rage and I did equip the rage thing. Okay, cool. So you're raging. No worries. Okay. So um, the the rage um, thing that you made me that helps with that and is amazing. So what I am going to do is 
I'm just thinking about what I'm going to need to do. Didn't rage give you two extra damage? Yeah, it's in there. It's in there. Because the damage, she's got a plus three on her strength mod, so it should have been a d12 oh. plus three. It's, it's listed okay. as a d12 plus five. I did not know that. That's where I was. Okay. Yeah, that was like a, the yeah, lowest. The dice on this critical strike were 2d12 plus five. One of them was a two. The other was a one. Not <laughs> okay. an awesome attack. No, no, no. I was wondering. I'm looking at this. I'm like, I th- okay, never mind. Ari, you're up. I am going to, if I, so I don't know if you could answer this. If Mm -hmm. I move out of range of these swords, do they get attack of opportunities? Generally speaking, creatures get attacks of opportunity. I am modeling dancing rune weapon off of spiritual weapon, which is a cleric ability. And you don't get an attack of opportunity for moving away from a spiritual weapon. So you should be good. So I'm going to sneeze. All right. That takes your bonus action. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So what I want to do is I want to move. Oh, perfect. It'll let me move here. I'm within five feet of both of these guys. Yeah. And I am going to go ahead and cast my thunderclap ability. So they have to make constitution saves of 16. Oh, okay. Thunderclap. No problem. Yes. Um, each one makes a constitution saving throw. Let's do the one next to Butch first. Ah, natural one. And the one on the ground in the ball bearing second. And natural two. Perfect. So the one by... Just like you, Butch. Yay. Do I roll the damage grouped or do I roll the damage separate? Um, live your life. Whatever you're feeling. I feel like it would be grouped because I feel like it's a burst of thunder and spreads out. So we're just going to say grouped. Okay. Does that sound fair? All right. No awesome. Problem. So they're each going to take six thunder damage. Okay. You go running. What does thunderclap look like when you do it? Because the first time I think that you've only, the one time you've ever done it was when you jumped down off of a cliff and landed and exploded. Is that what it looks like here too? I'm going to say like, I kind of like, I jump and I clap like I've been doing. So I like. Huh. Okay, beautiful. And that's 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 how I channel thunderclap. All right. So both of these creatures take like just the boom, and the the noise echoes off the stone walls and like it's like cacophonous. It's so much so that both of these creatures both grab the sides of their heads like when you when you slam all this noise into their souls. Nice. Uh, bonus action? No, nope, that's it. We're good. Cool. Good. Um, what do you guys have an Omi do on her turn? So she has a cantrip sacred flame that does damage. She has guiding bolt that does damage and spiritual stuff. What do you guys think? Damage at this point. I'd say save the major spells and let's just keep to the cantrips for her for now. Totally agree. Perfect. 100%. Um, we we'll, we need her spell slots for later. So, let, um, let's get rid of these let's get rid of these ads first. I would say she'd probably attack the one doing Job since her and Job have a connection. Okay. Cool. Uh, sacred flame is a dexterity saving throw. So, if she's going to drop a sacred flame on a ghoul, uh, 14 is what he rolled. What is her spell save DC? 
13. Spellcasting. The priest is a fifth level spellcaster. Spellcasting ability is wisdom. Spell save DC 13 plus 5 to hit with spell attacks. Okay, so this guy, she you see how she turns and she sort of points almost toward the sky and then sl- like slams her hand down and you see golden yellow light similar to when a holy priest casts holy fire in the world of Warcraft how it slams down like a thunderbolt but the ghoul kind of jumps backwards out of the way and doesn't take any damage I think that's how the spell works right if you dodge it you dodge it completely sounds good I think it does flame like radiance descends on a creature you can see within range make a dex save or take radiant damage okay cool yeah so they dodged it she can still use a bonus action I think the only bonus action spell she has is spiritual weapon I think she has the divine eminence divine eminence is when she hits somebody with a right that's a bonus action but like she has to hit somebody with her mace gotcha okay and if she does that she deals a bunch of extra damage it also expends a spell slot yeah on a spell slot right spirit guardians is an action spiritual weapon is a bonus action casting and I think that's the only thing else that she has. So it would be it would be spiritual weapon or nothing. Let's go with nothing. Save the spell spots. Okay. Do you want her to move? Nope, I think she's good. Okay. Falcus, from where you are, you can clearly see all three ghouls. Uh, the, the stones in the center of this room are low enough that you can shoot over them. In addition, you can see... You can see the armored in black and long sword carrying nerd in the other room who is standing next to the green flickering flame and is covered head to toe in your spiny doodads. What would you like to do? All right. We've never used this before, but... It sounds like it'll be fun. Yeah. I... So we gave my character Arcane Torrent because technically I'm in the vein of, of Blood Elf slash High Elf. Um, the way Arcane Torrent is currently worded is you absorb arcane power from the area around you, restoring some of your power and giving the chance to interrupt spellcasters once per short rest. I feel that if I walk between these two swords and pull off an arcane torrent, torrent I could pull the energy out of these two weapons and fizzle them out it's kind of how i feel like it could have been it could be used i know it's not how it's worded but that's i've never used arcane torrent before and for whatever reason this is kind of the opportunity that i felt it would where it would fit i don't know what you would what your thoughts are i have my thoughts is this something you're going to try i am going to try it i am willing to try it give it a point so i'm going to move to right here and i am going to arcane torrent okay When you Arcane Torrent, you do get back the Arcane Shot that you used earlier. So make sure you credit yourself that. It does not appear to have any effect on the weaponry. When you Arcane Torrent, you interrupt the spellcasting of spellcasters within your range, but not magical effects within your range. So if the... And what it does is it interrupts concentration. So if you were, for example, standing next to one of the DKs and they were concentrating on something, potentially depending on the dice, uh, but not against the weapons. Okay, I just... But you do get your arcane shot back. I will take that. Okay, but I think... Is that an action or a bonus action to cast arcane torrent? It is under my actions in combat, I think. 
It is not oh. under my bonus actions. Then yeah, it was an action to do that. That's fine. Okay. You... It was worth the elevator pitch. Do anything else on your turn? Nope. All right. On their turn, they are they're like they're just ravenous uh, creatures. They're just going to dive headfirst into fighting. The first ghoul, the one who's standing very closest to Butch, is going to attack with advantage because Butch was attacking recklessly. recklessly. It's going to do the claws. Nope, an 11. I'm sure that's going to miss. That's going to miss. The next one is going to stand up from its prone position. When they're... When they're in the ball bearings and they fall over and fall prone and then they stand up and then they try to move again, is it another deck save to prevent them from falling over? Ball bearings. A creature moving across the covered area. A creature moving through the area at half speed. It doesn't specify, but it does specify that they're moving. So if this guy stands up and just stands still, he wouldn't have to worry about it. He's going to attack against Ari. He's going to swing the claws. The claws. Yeah, 20 is usually hit Ari's. Um, Ari, you suffer eight slashing damage. I also need you to roll me a constitution saving throw, please. A natural one. No, natural one. The claws dig into you and you, like, it's um, it's not poisonous. It's not diseasy. It's like something deeper than that. It's all the way down to your soul, man. You are, you are paralyzed. You find yourself, your your body starting to lock up. You can't move. Okay. You do get a saving throw at the end of each of your turns to unlock all of your now frozen up, seized up muscles. Oh, I didn't roll the third one. The third one is going to attack Job. But he's in a miss he gets with advantage. a oh. oh, yeah. No, he, well, okay. So advantage would be a 12. Which still misses. Okay, perfect. On his turn, what do you want him to do? I think he's just going to attack the ghoul. Just keep going? All right, yeah. cool. Spear. 20? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then... Eight piercing? More than enough. You are... Your ally is able to skewer this beast, and when it, like, falls over on the ground and stops twitching, everybody knows it's been done. Does he want to move? I would say he'd probably move towards the next one. Okay. Yeah, so if he tries to move into the ball bearing area, he may have some difficulty. The fact that he knows it's there, can he, like, step precariously? Yeah, actually, if you move at half speed in that section, you don't have to make the save. Perfect. So he, that should be what's his moving. I feel like that should be fine for him to be there. Yeah, no problem at all. The party has begun to unravel the secrets of the Temple of Bethek, but they've been met with a serious roadblock. A group of blood death knights, similar to the one they found in the pirate hideout, have beaten them to the temple and have killed one of its guardians. What about the blood sorcery of this place is attracting death knights? We'll have to wait until next week to find out when it's time to queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Please follow us at twitter.com slash heroic DND. 
where you'll find our players' social media info and a link to our Discord server.